The reading is 1st John, 2nd chapter, 12 through 17. I write to you, dear children, because of your sins have been forgiven on account of this name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anything loves, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything is in the world, the cravings of a sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boastfulness of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Amen. Years ago, there was a wealthy man who, with his devoted son, shared a passion for art collection. Together, they traveled around the world, adding only the finest art treasures to their collection. Priceless works of art, Picasso, Van Gogh, Monet, and many others adorned by art collectors around the world just fill the walls of the family estate. The widowed father looked on with satisfaction as his only child became an experienced art collector. But the day came when the when war engulfed the nation and the young man left to serve his country in the armed forces. After only a short few weeks, his father received a telegram that his beloved son had been killed while carrying a fellow soldier, a wounded fellow soldier, to a medic. Sometime later on Christmas morning, a knock came at the door of the old man's home, and as he opened the door, he was greeted by a soldier with a large packet in his hand. He introduced himself to the man, saying, Sir, I was a friend of your son. I was the one he was rescuing when he was killed. May I come in for a few moments? I have something to show you. Proudly he said, I, your son inspired me and I am now an, an artist. And I wanted to give you this. The old man unwrapped the package 
The paper gave way to reveal a portrait of his son. Now, now mind you, the art critic and collector would never consider the work a, a piece of genius or a priceless work of art. But the painting did feature the son's face in striking detail and seemed to capture his smile and a little bit of his personality, so the father thought. The following spring, the old man became ill and passed away. The art world was in full anticipation for what was to follow. According to the will of the old man, all the artworks uh, would be auctioned. The day soon arrived. The art collectors from around the world gathered to bid on some of the world's most spectacular paintings. The auction began with a painting that was not on any museum's list. <laughs> it wasn't on any of the list of the people who came to buy paintings. It was the painting of the man's son. The auctioneer asked for an opening bid. You could hear a pin drop. The room was silent. Who will open the bidding, he asked. Minutes, minutes passed, but not a sound from those who came to buy. From the back of the room, someone callously called out, Who cares about that painting? It's just a picture of his son, probably only worth a hundred bucks. Let's forget about it and go on to the important paintings. Works of arts. Classics. Come on, move it on. There were other voices which echoed in agreement. But the auctioneer replied, No, we have to sell this one first. Now who will take the painting of the sun? Finally, a friend of the old man spoke up and he said, You know, I, 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 I knew the boy. I knew the boy, and it does look a little bit like him. I'll, I'll have it. I'll bid the $100. I have a bid for $100, called the auctioneer. Will anyone go higher? After a long silence, the auctioneer's, auctioneer said, Go in once, $100, go in twice, sold to the man in blue. Now we can get on with it, shouted someone. But the auctioneer looked at the audience and announced the auction was over. Hey, we didn't come here for a picture of some guy's son. What about all these paintings? My boss authorize me to spend a, a million dollars. There are millions of dollars worth of art here. We demand that you explain what's going on here. The auctioneer replied, it's very simple. According to the will of the father, the father has willed it. Whoever takes the son gets it all. Whoever takes the sun gets it all. 
Isn't that the essence of the Christmas story? Amen. Whoever takes the Son gets it all. The Bible puts it like this. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. The one who has the Son has it all. <laughs> Amen. But exactly what is included in the all? You know, there are several things, and I'd like to remind us of a couple of them. One is that Advent promises new life in Christ, because it means we now know what God is like. Hmm. The coming of Christ gave us a living picture of who God is. Christ's coming puts a face on God. The Bible says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. This is what we mean by the incarnation, God made flesh. God came to earth wrapped in a human body. Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Can that be said about us? Hmm. Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. And the question that comes to us right now is, can that be said? Can we say that? Can we truly say that? Do people see God-likeness in us? Can they recognize that we are children of the living God? Do we talk like him? Do we walk like him? The name George is <laughs> very precious and very popular in my family. Because my dad's name is George Mason. My grandfather's name is... George Mason. My great-grandfather's name is? George Mason. My eldest brother's name is? There you go. And it was said to me from early that I resembled my dad. Of course, my sons, two sons, they beg to differ because my dad was a bodybuilder, and <laughs> yeah, they looked and they said, Dad, it skipped a generation. <laughs> but at least in, the, in face, so that resembled my dad. And I heard that early, and I, I felt so good about it. I, I, I felt so proud about it. I, I wanted to imitate my, my, my dad and the things that he did. And I remember even walking, you know, four blocks to church on a Sunday morning. You know, I, I would make sure I would walk behind my dad. And, and, and you know, they said he had a, he didn't walk. He kind of danced slowly. And he had what, what people would call uh, uh, pigeon toes, you know, where you 
Yeah, come on, you know, your toes are closer and, and your heels are out. Yeah, he, and he kind of walked a little bit like that. And, and, and so I, you know, I was walking behind him, you know, just, just imitating, you know, practicing. Until there came a time when my dad's walk became my walk. And walking like my dad, I, you know, became almost natural to me now. And then my dad would say certain things and laugh a certain way. And, you know, I, I, I'm a school teacher and the kids would laugh at the way I laugh. And when, they, when, they, when, they, when they're laughing at my laughter, I'm, I'm saying to myself, oh, you don't know where this laughter came from. This laughter came, this is George Mason's laughter. Because I would try to laugh like him. Until... My dad's laughter became my laughter. <laughs> and it was, it was almost natural now. It was almost you know, comical to, 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 to hear my dad laugh and to hear me laugh and to hear the, 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 the similarity. I was almost 21 years of age and I was in the supermarket with some friends of mine, a family, and, you know, a uh, family friend was actually my pastor's family. And from the other end of the aisle, I heard a voice. Mason, Mason boy, Mason boy. And I turned around and he said, oh, yes, oh, yes. You're George Mason's son. And so I said, um, I don't know you, sir. He says, ah, but you can't hide. You cannot hide because you're George Mason's son, aren't you? And me being kind of skeptical, you know, you know which... George Mason, are you talking about? The one who works with the government. And there was a former mayor of the city of Kingston named George Mason. And I said, uh, which department? And I was expecting him to say the mayor's office. And he said, uh, no, the Department of Agriculture. Whoops, he got me. And I said, yeah, I said, how? Oh. He said, you can't hide. He said, I first saw the walk. <laughs> he said, I first saw the walk. And when I called out Mason Boy and you turned around and I saw your face, no doubt in my mind, you're George Mason's son. And I said, yes, I am. He said, how is your father? I said, sir, you haven't heard? My father passed away six years ago. Wow. No. I was away. Apparently the man was in the United States for a time and came back. And he knew my dad for years and had, had not heard that my father had died. Six years ago. <laughs> well, here's the interesting thing. 
he recognized that I was a son of my father, first by my walk. <laughs> Can people recognize that you are the child of God by your walk? Are you walking the way Jesus walked? Amen? Then he said, you turned around and I saw your face. Do you resemble your heavenly father? In situations that normal people would just res respond in anger and respond in an angst that would, mm, and say a few flowery words. But you respond with grace. Do you resemble your heavenly father? Amen? This man recognized me in ways. And the question is, do you walk? Do you talk? And by your face, can you be recognized as a child of God? Imagine what the world would be like if God in the person of Jesus Christ had not come to earth. <laughs> we would not have had high expressions of music from people like Johann Sebastian Bach, from Beethoven. We would not have had Handel's Messiah. Wouldn't have had that. Okay, don't plan to rob her after, but I heard that Melissa got two tickets for the Messiah coming up soon. But without Christ coming to earth, we would not have had that. Hey, we boast one of the Ivy League schools of the colleges of the, you know, of the country, Harvard. Harvard and Yale University would not have existed because both Harvard and Yale started as Christian institutions of higher learning. The founders of these schools believed that to study science was to study the work of God and to understand how he made the world. To study science was actually their way of getting to know God. Many hospitals would not have come into existence because they began with by people who had hearts full of compassion, thinking that they were following, believing, convinced that they were following the mission that God had given them. Our way of dating history, I don't know what year it would have been. I don't know what year it would have been because it would not be in you know, a 2019. Maybe we would call it, um, you know, the, 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 the third year of Trump. I'm just saying, because that's how they used to label and, 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 and call dates according to the years of the leadership of the, of the nation. There'd be no churches, really? Hard to think there would be no Boston Congregational Church. There'd be no BCC. There'd be no Christ the King. There would be no Pastor Logan. There would be no Pastor Mason. 
There would be no YMCA. We'd only have half the Bible. Probably wouldn't have heard of the love of God in such beautiful ways. There'd be no Advent, no Christmas, no gifts symbolic of God's greatest gift, no Christmas carols or hymns. The world without Jesus, friends, would be a dark and sad place. Imagine without Jesus, Mary Magdalene would have died in her sins. Matthew, the tax collector, would still be hated by his countrymen. The Roman soldier would have continued his way of cruelty. Peter, James, and John would just have been fishermen. The Apostle Paul would never have been more than just a cruel Pharisee steeped in legalism with an unrelenting demand for perfection from other people. The people who needed healing during the time of Christ would have lived, would still have had broken bodies and minds and spirit. The lame would still have been lame. The blind would still have remained in their darkness. The deaf would still have lived in silence. We would have never heard these words, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. This is why we sing about Emmanuel at Christmas. God is with us. He was with us 2,000 years ago, and he's with us in this present moment to show us what God is like. We have a God who cares enough to come. Amen. We have a God who cared enough to come. He showed us what he was like, and his name was love. He was the friend of sinners and failures. He showed love and compassion to the outcast of the world. He healed the sick and he raised the dead. He taught us to use the, not to use the values of this world to determine our worth. Because he said that the last would be first and the first would be last. He taught us that our values to God was more important than anyone else. Than what anyone else thought about us. We have been transformed by his grace and renewed by his love. We extend grace to others because it has so wonderfully been extended to us. He forgave us. We forgive others because we have been forgiven. We pray that in the Our Father prayer. Amen. We give because he gave to us. We live because he has given eternal life to us. Because Jesus came. We know what God is like. This is promise. This is hope. 
Advent promises new life because it means that our sins can be forgiven. Beautiful thing. Amen. Think for a moment. Think for a moment of the worst thing that you have ever done. The thing that makes your brain burn with shame. And then think of what it would be like if Jesus had not come and you had not been forgiven of that sin. What would it be like? Your guilt would never be relieved. Condemnation would hang over your head. But since Jesus came, forgiveness to those have come to those of us who have received grace and mercy from God. Amen? We know the freedom that forgiveness brings. We can forgive ourselves and others because we have experienced the liberating forgiveness that God has offered to us. Mm. Two of the most beautiful words in, the, in any language, actually. In any language. I want us to do an exercise now, and I need for some participation. I need for you to help me out. And I'm going to give you some, some examples, and you're going to give me, I hope, some others. Names, usually names of girls, some boys also, but names, of, names that are given... And, and, and they come from Christian attributes. They come from the Bible. And I'll give you some. Like they, I, I know of a, a girl named Hope. Yes? Yeah. Jubilee. Grace. Faith. Glory. Miracle. Ah, mercy. I was waiting for that. You know, you know, if you meet, if you meet, uh, if you meet an African and they have a name like Innocence or, or, or Mercy or King, there's probably a 90% chance that that, that that person is coming from uh, a Christian family in uh, Nigeria. 90%, 90% chance, and I just throw that out there. Because they have gone, they've gone overboard. They've gone a little bit beyond what we have, you know, uh, what we're accustomed hearing. I taught a boy from Nigeria some years ago. His name was Praise. And his sister's name was Mercy. But the two words that I want us to think of right now is, is Mercy and grace. Two of the most beautiful words in any language, mercy and grace, closely connected, but oh, so different. Mercy is God not giving to us what we deserve. Because the word of God says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the penalty of sin is death. 
Mercy is God not giving to us what we deserve. Grace is God giving to us what we do not deserve. Grace is God giving to us what we do not deserve. We don't deserve his presence. We don't deserve his enabling power. We do not deserve his empowerment. That's grace. If Jesus had never come, the woman caught in adultery would not have received mercy, would not have received grace. She would never have heard the words from Jesus, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The Bible says that Jesus is the image of God and that we should be like him. It says that we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Christ came to not only cleanse our hearts, but to change our hearts. We're being transformed into his character more and more with each passing day. Because we live with him, we're becoming like him. His Holy Spirit is working in us to produce his image in us. This is promise. This is hope. Advent also promises new life in Christ because it means we have the hope of heaven. Heaven was made possible by Jesus. As the hymn says, Christ has opened paradise. Hallelujah. Think about what that would feel like if there was no hope of heaven. What would you say at the funeral of a loved one if Jesus had not come? There would be no hope beyond the grave. You could not talk about heaven or any reason to hope for eternal life with God. We went to the funeral of Sandra Margaret Mason and her sister at the, at, the, at the burial site, at the cemetery, her sister came to me and said, Pastor Mason, we will see her again. We will see her Again and, and and she said it and when she said it she was not there were not there were no tears there was not a, a glimpse of hopelessness there was literally a face of joy there was literally a face of anticipation she is at peace she is suffering no longer we will see her again Jesus had not come, there would be no book of Revelation. Wow. No hope of a returning Savior. No hope of hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. There would be not be any hope of a resurrection. Not even the concept of one. Nothing to anticipate. 
except the closing of the casket lid and the coldness of the grave. Jesus coming changed all that. We live in joyful anticipation of what is yet to come. In his book, Dare to Believe, Dan Bauman illustrates what it's like to know that something is yours even though you have to wait for it. Something is yours. It has your name written on it even though you have to wait to fully enjoy it. He said as a boy he loved the game of golf and his father knew that. His grandparents knew that. And one Christmas he snuck into his parents' room like children are known to do during Christmas time and to search through the closets uh, and he saw a present wrapped and sure enough the way it was wrapped and he took the container and shook it and he heard the unmistakable sound of golf clubs and he hugged it hugged it put it back in the closet and closed the door and just for a, a, a few moments he took a few practice swings without the clubs of course but just in his imagination and he was ecstatic the, 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 the anticipation and uh, joy just filled his heart because he knew it was his he knew his name was written on it he knew and he was expecting he had to wait for Christmas day our Christmas day is coming folks we have a promise of heaven we are enjoying and we are anticipating the time when we sense that presence of God, when we worship, when we read the word, when we hear the word, when we just feel like saying hallelujah. We're just like that little boy practicing golf swings because our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Jesus came, and we know what God is like. Jesus came, and we can experience forgiveness of our sins. Jesus came, and we can experience the transformation of hearts and minds. Jesus came, and we have the promise of heaven and eternal life. But you have to take the Son to get it all. Will you take the sun this morning? Remember, the Father has willed it. He who takes the sun gets it all. Take the sun today. He is promised. He is the hope of Advent.